This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today's episode is It's Not Your Money, So Give It Away. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you why I feel that the inverse relationship that you or I might have with money is actually the limiting factor on allowing us to have more than we have today. So the middle of last week, I'm driving around and my gas light comes on. You know, that pesky light that says you have to stop at a gas station and fill up your car with somewhere between $30 and $70 worth of gas, depending on what you drive. It's like the most painful thing in the world for me. Not because my time is that valuable. It's just, it's like, man, I got to do something else that kind of slows me down. And I'm notoriously the guy that pushes my gas all the way to the limit. So it's nice when that that gas light comes on because it lets me know I have another 50 or 70 miles to drive before I'm truly out of gas. So then I race back and forth and count down until my, my mile timer says five miles. And then I start to panic with, oh, shoot, where can I get the gas? Like I delay this until the absolute last moment. And that was the story of last Wednesday. You know, I delayed, delayed, delayed. And as I'm driving from the gym in the morning to get on the highway to drive to the office, I have to stop in a gas station. Like, I know I'm not going to make it to the office. I have five miles. The office is seven miles away from where I'm at. I have to stop right now. So I pull in this local gas station right by the highway. And as I pull in, I park at the, the furthest pump to the right, you know, the one furthest down, down the aisle. And I'm parked on the inside pump. You know how every, every pump I've ever been to has a left side and a right side. I'll say I'm on the left side, which is the inside. And I, I notice this old trailblazer on the right side. This old trailblazer has a gentleman standing outside of it. I don't think anything of it. You know, I pull up in my car. It's a newer, a newer car. So I pull up the gas pump, the gas can or, or gas release valve, whatever you want to call it. The, the fill hole is on the right side of the car. So I pull up to the gas pump, get out, walk around to the other side of the car, and open, open the gas can, open the, you know, the lid. As I open this lid, I hear from the other side of the pump, excuse me, sir, excuse me. I look around like, is, is someone saying something to me? Because I can't see the individual on the other side. He's, he's truly behind the pump. And so I, I peek my head around, and sure enough, it's a gentleman next to his car saying, excuse me. And this gentleman is mid to late 20s, um, no shirt on, pair of jeans on, a little bit below his waist, has a baseball cap on, smiling at me and saying, like, excuse me, sir. So I say, yeah, what, can, what can I do for you? He looks me dead in the eye and says, sir, I, I hate to ask you for this, but I can't, I don't have any money to fill up my car and I can't make it to work. Would you mind helping me out? Now, I notoriously have someone that I just don't carry cash with me. Bad habit. Very rarely do I have any walking around cash on me. I've used debit cards for as long as I can remember. And before that, it was credit cards. But after basically going bankrupt in my life, I decided credit cards would never happen again. So I could never run up high limits or, you know, get in a position where I couldn't pay it off. Or if I don't have the money in my account, I just don't need to buy something. So I'm sitting there. I'm, you know, I scratch my head for a second. I feel my, my gut tighten up for a moment. It's like, okay, is this guy really telling the truth? It, does he really need the gas? Is he going to ask me for money? What's going on here? Like, should I help him or shouldn't I help him? And it's racing around in my head. And this is all within seconds. It probably isn't a full second, but these thoughts are racing in my head. And I look at them and I just feel this overwhelming sense of gratitude because in my bank account at that moment, I have enough money for two tanks of gas. I know I have enough for my tank and his tank. I have a little bit more than that saved up. So here I am. This, this guy is eating humble pie, as I'll call it. He's not very well off in this moment or appears not to be. And he's asking for some help. He's extending his hand to a guy he's never met before that's pulling up to a gas pump, 
come to find out, it's in a city that he's not even familiar with. So as, as I say yes, of course, and walk around to his side of the pump, I take my debit card out of my pocket and I put, put it in the, to the, to the you know, receiver, the credit card receiver at the pump, type in my number, make sure he can't see it, of course, got to protect myself, and I, I hit you know, the mid-grade, not even the cheap stuff, because to me, I don't put that in my own car. So why would I put it in a stranger's car? It doesn't make any sense to me in that moment. So almost subconsciously, without any sort of thought, I press the mid-grade, I pull the nozzle out, and I go to open his gas cap. And it's rusted, and it creaks, and I almost have to pull it and pry it open because of the condition his car is in. I stick the nozzle in the hole, squeeze the pump, and set it so it's automatic. You know, put that little locking mechanism in so it's just going to free-flowly pump gas. And as that's happening, I walk back to my side of the pump. And I start to do the same on my side. Like, I still have to put gas in my car. I haven't even got to that point yet. So go ahead and do the same thing on my side. And then as both pumps are running with the use of my debit card, I start to strike up a conversation with this gentleman. Now, tell me about yourself. Where is it that you're going to work to? Well, he works 35 minutes away in another city at a McDonald's. And he works there because he's got a child with his girlfriend who he would like to make his wife, but openly says, like, I don't have the money for a ring yet. But her grandparents live much closer to that McDonald's. So if I work there, we have a built-in babysitter. And without that, I don't know how I'd make it. Then he proceeds to ask me if I know of any places that he could rent apartments, condos, townhomes, anything in this side of town because it has better school districts, because it's a little safer, and because he generally likes it more, but he has $650 a month to spend. And I sheepishly say to him, I haven't lived in an apartment or condo for so long. I don't know what's around here. And I, I give him a couple small ideas of places. And he said they've checked him out. And that regretfully, he hasn't built up the cash yet to be able to afford the first and last month's down payment. Because even if he can afford the six fifty dollars a month's rent, he really has to walk up to the table with 1300 bucks for that first and last month. And he's just not there yet. Then he proceeds to tell me that him and his girl have just moved from Chicago and they moved here to better their lives because the drugs and the crime and the violence in Chicago was nowhere that they wanted to raise their daughter. It just wasn't what they wanted to do. And he proceeds to tell me more and more levels of the story about his life as we're sitting there pumping gas back and forth. He's explained to me that you know, he knows he's capable of more than just McDonald's. He's a 27-year-old man. He just needs something to be able to support his family and ask if I had any ideas. Now, he's not asking me for a handout at this point. He has no idea what I do for a living. And I probably come off like I've got the appearance of some sort of wealth. And I say that because I drive a, a, a newer model, your car. I just gotten out of the gym, so I'm freshly showered, pretty cleaned up, and I put myself together decently well. And so I stop him and I said, look, before we talk about where you can get to or where some other opportunities are, I need to share something with you. If I was to look back three years ago in my life, probably three and a half years, I was flat broke. I had less than $100 in my bank account. My brand new F-250 diesel platinum pickup truck had been repossessed. I was on the verge of losing a rental property that I had. And my life was in shambles. And what I've been able to do in those three, three and a half years is completely turn that around and at least provide my family the financial stability to know that we don't have to worry where our next meal comes from. I'm able to afford a decent car that we pay cash for. There's no payment on. I'm able to help someone out like you by pumping some gas in your car. And I'd like to share with you 
how I've been able to do that. Would you be okay with just at least listening? And he says yes with open ears. Like does, it's not even a hesitation. So much so that he gets out his phone and starts typing some notes because he wants something more than what he has. Now, I won't begin to say I have life all figured out because I certainly don't. But what I do know is what took me from being a broke, lying piece of shit to a married, happy, somewhat successful individual that's on the precipice of greatness. And so I share with him the formula. I share with him how I live my day. He looks at me and said, bro, that's intense. Like, that is a lot. And I said, yeah, I guess for some it is. But it's going to take a lot to get you from where you're at now to where you want to get to. And he looked at me, tilted his head sideways, and said, man, that's, that's just one of the most profound things anybody's said to me before. So we put that aside, and we end up having a quick conversation on potentially working for the state because he, he said he has no felony convictions, nothing like that, no drug charges, nothing that could limit somebody from some of those jobs. So I know some people that work on road crews that make 30 40 bucks an hour. They get to you know wave flags or set up construction cones. I mean, it's hot. It's, it's laborious. It's not enjoyable work, but there's time off for your kids, and there's great benefit – or there's time off for you, and there's great benefits for you and the family for your kids. And there's a lot of pros to that, especially coming from the world that he's in now. And he's like, man, I don't even know where to go about applying for a job like that. So I can hear my pump shut off at this time, and his pump's been shut off. I mean, we're, we're now just sitting there talking, having a conversation like two, two grown men. And so I pull out my phone and I'm Googling really quickly where he can go apply for these jobs. Like where is ODOT, the Ohio Department of Transportation? Where can he go take these steps to better his life? And I find the phone numbers and I, I share it with him. And it, it appears to me as though he types it on his phone. And I don't know if he did, but I'm going to choose to believe he did. And so now we're done pumping gas. I walk around the other side of the gas, you know, his side of the gas pump. I put the nozzle back up on the holder. I, I shut his gas can. I say, man, thank you. Like I start the conversation like, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for allowing me to share my life with you. And he looks at me just dumbfounded. Like, why, why, am I, why are you thanking me, sir? At this point, he knows my name is Ryan, doesn't know my last name. So why are you thanking me? I said, because things like this, interactions like this, give me this great sense of joy because I remember being exactly where you're at. Where if it had not been for my wife, Lindsay, I would have been having to ask for a tank of gas. And so we share information real quick. I give him my cell phone number and say, look, if I can help you out in any way, if you need additional insight on where to go look for jobs, or if, there, if I can give you a recommendation or a, you know, a referral, I'd be happy to do that. He says thanks and shakes my hand and he drives away. And I go to my side of the gas pump and hang up my, my nozzle as well. Hop in the car. Now, of course, full tank of gas. Check the, the, the lights off for you know, requiring gas as I pull onto the highway. And I'm just over, overwhelmed with a sense of gratitude because I can't even tell you consciously what that tank of gas cost me. Somewhere between 50 and 70 bucks, I'm sure. I mean, he drove an SUV. And I'm not saying that that 50 or $70 isn't a lot because I know depending on where you're at in your life right now, it could be a lot of money. But the impact that was had from taking the time to fill up this man's gas tank and the way it made me feel as an individual was worth more than the $70 in that moment, more than the $50 it could have been. Now, moreover, whether you believe in the law of attraction or any of the things that I happen to believe in, there's additional things that come to me throughout that day. So many of you may know that I'm part of a marketing company called GSD Media Group, and we handle marketing for companies all over the country as well as some of our own, own, own products. 
And so as I get to the office and going about my day, record a couple podcasts and responding to emails and hopping on phone calls, really a normal day. But what happens is by the end of the day, there's now two accounts that I have been corresponding back and forth with versus, you know, with in-person meetings and then emails and then follow-up phone calls. There's two accounts that have asked me, reached out to me and asked for three months of marketing consultative services where they want to know what we do as a company, but they want to deploy it internally. And they're willing to pay us multiple times more than the 50 or $70 that I put in this gentleman's gas tank. So this is revenue I wasn't counting on. This is money I didn't even see coming. This isn't things I was, I mean, I was cultivating it. I was working and growing the process, but I thought it was pretty dead. I didn't think it was going anywhere. Well, lo and behold, as I leave the office that day, you know, it's 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, I've landed two deals that are worth multiple times more than the $70 or $50 I put in gas in this man's car. Plus, I hopefully made an impact on this individual's life that he is now given an opportunity to realize that not everybody is out to get him. That there are some people that will just help. And so through that, I'm realizing on my drive home that I've probably had my relationship with money all wrong. You know, I've consistently in my life, I can't say consistently, but after losing everything, I've held on to money like I'll never have more of it. Like I'm afraid to, to shell it out. I, I don't carry cash. And so, you know, when I see someone that's homeless, I can literally say to them, I don't have any cash. I don't have any way to give you money because admittedly I would. But short of that, I'm so tight with my money because I don't ever want to be without but the minute that I start to give, just like the podcast, just like the rest of the way I live my life, when I just give and give and give and give, all of a sudden there's benefit that comes on the backside that I wasn't expecting. And that certainly was not a reason to give. It just happened to be the beneficial afterthought. That all of a sudden I'm driving home and it's like, man, I hopefully made an impact on somebody's lives. I made an impact on my family's lives and I feel better as a person all because I pulled out my wallet and gave a stranger 50 or 70 bucks. If I could replicate that every day, the way that that feels to have every day end that way, I would pull up to gas pumps everywhere every day and just give away free tanks of gas. So I want to encourage you right now as you're sitting here listening to this episode, like where in your life could you give more? Where could you break this inverse relationship you have with money that it's a scarce resource and that you can't have any more of it? Where could you break that to see a better outcome? Because see, I believe that if you live like you're never going to have any more money, you're certainly not able to attract it. You're not able to go out and get it. You have to live abundantly. And I don't mean wastefully. I don't mean going out and pissing away money on dumb things like I used to do. I mean generally caring about other individuals and not putting the almighty dollar in front of the relationship. Maybe it's at the gym. Maybe you know there's somebody that's struggling financially to work out at the gym. Like you know they want to better their health, but you know they're not in the great, greatest financial situation. How impactful would it be in your life to take out your wallet, your credit card, go talk to the membership advisor, and pay for a month or two of their gym membership for 30 or 40 bucks? anonymously. Don't do it for the accolades. Do it because it's the right thing to do and you know you're making an impact on those person's lives. Just make sure that that membership advisor tells them so they don't stop coming to the gym because they're truly trying to better their health and their position. You know, maybe it's at work. Maybe one of your coworkers has a sick son or daughter or is hard up financially. Maybe they haven't been the best shepherds of their money financially. Maybe they went through what I went through and they squandered everything away and they're trying to rebuild. 
Think of how impactful it would be for you to stop at the grocery store, buy groceries on the way in, and put them in their car so they don't have to worry about groceries that night. Think of how impactful it could be to make sure you buy them lunch a couple days a week without even asking if, they, if you have permission. Think of how that would change their life and how much better you would feel about yourself. Or maybe it's in one of the relationships you have. Maybe, maybe you're trying to cultivate a friendship. And in this friendship, you know you and your you know, potential friend are just on different financial wavelengths. Maybe you have a little bit more than they have and it makes them insecure. How easy would it be to break down that disassociation with money by taking it off the table? By when you go out to dinner, don't even make it awkward. Just say right away as you sit down, pull the waitress or waiter aside and say, it's just going to be one, one bill tonight. I got it. Not to make the other person at the table feel awkward, but just to take it off the table so they don't even have to think about it, so they can just enjoy the moment. If you're able to combine some of these aspects and break this inverse relationship that we all at some point have had with money, I truly believe that you'll start prospering above your wildest imagination. And when you start to be able to pros prosper above your wildest imagination, you'll find out how much easier it is to get shit done. Hey guys, Ryan here. Thanks for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume audio and subscribe to 15 Minutes to Freedom. If this brought you value, please do me a favor and drop me a five-star rating. Then share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. For additional content, head over to ryannidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.